Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts, people that are interesting, opinionated, and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malkin. Today, I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as family, friends, food, F-words, make films and TV shows with Working Dog, and writes cookbooks, and drinks a bit of wine. (laughs) Humans of Twitter is their stories in their words, in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's addition to the Humans of Twitter list, Jane Kennedy. Hey, Moxie. How you doing? I'm well, thank you, Jane. In social settings, how do you introduce yourself? Um, a full-time mother, mm-hmm. part-time potterer. <laughs> <laughs> not, as, not as in Demi Moore pottering at a wheel, but like mm. potterer of, you know, dabble, dabbler. Do you enjoy the broad spectrum of dabbling? Yes, I very much do. And I am not one to really be into the ooga booga of uh, horoscopes, Mm. but I'm a Gemini and apparently Geminis get bored very easily. (laughs) Do you get bored easily? Do you find that there's – is there one thing that captures your attention? No. Um, I, I think my brain's clicking over all the time and I think I worry if I've got nothing to do. Not in an anxious way, mm. but in a more, oh, yeah, I'll give that a go. Why not? <laughs> Has there been something that you've had a go at that you found during or at the end of the process that, hey, I'm actually really, really good at this? Ah, okay. Um, Well, technology always, Mm -hmm. not to gloat, but I've set up our entire security system recently and rejigged it. Awesome. Um, I'm very tech savvy, especially with the kids. It's very handy. Sure. And it's also good to be a knowledgeable mum when I've got two teenagers and young kids who basically spend their whole lives online. So, yes, that's what I feel I'm good at. What I'm bad at is committing to exercise. Mm, amen. Full stop. Mm, amen. <laughs> <laughs> and, and heaps of other things, but, you know, that's the main thing. How do you protect the kids in an internet age where they are so connected? Uh, I Well, I've got all the, you know, the basic sort of um, clamps on all the searches and the browsers, Mm -hmm. but that's not going to stop them when they're at friends' houses and things like that. So I talk to them about it. I'm very open and honest about it. And, you know, with a 13-year-old boy, I said to him, there's going to be a time you're at a mate's house and they're going to have stuff on the screen that Mm -hmm. I don't think you should probably look at because I don't think you're really ready for it. And I think it'll freak you out. And P.S., if it's porn and there's chicks looking like they're really having a good time, they're not. Okay, just mm. saying. And How did he respond to that? He's really good. He sort of really takes it on board. He's very, um, you know, there's a sense of maturity. I think we've always been open and honest about everything. And kids are just, you know, uh, the one thing I don't want them to see, to be honest, is the six o'clock news. I find mm. that just horrible, depressing, horrible, and. Um, crime porny, to be honest. Yes. 
How is that different to your time as a newsreader? Well, that's interesting. Uh, Because, again, um, the bar was pretty low in a journalistic sense because I was at an FM radio station. (laughs) 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 So, wow, really? No, I don't think that. That was really, you know, the, the only issue that I had was perhaps the banality and the, of the stories and that mm. we'd probably do two real serious stories and then the rest would be sport and then showbiz. <laughs> it was the 80s Which, and you know, it was All the important radio. stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Are you glad that you stepped out of that newsreader booth? Yes, I am glad. Um, I felt like a bit of an imposter. I was working with some lovely people, but I didn't have the passion. And because I, I really enjoyed uh, when I first started working with the guys in radio was doing funny voices and sketches and singing stupid songs. And really that was just an extension of what I've been doing at school and mm-hmm. an extension of what I ended up doing when I went to RMIT uh, which is the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology, where I incompleted a degree in media studies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I felt very comfortable stepping out of it. Do you ever still feel like a fraud? Um, yeah, sometimes I do. Um, sometimes, well, I feel like a fraud as a mum sometimes because sometimes I just don't feel grown up at all. Mm. And there's quite grown-up things you have to do, like be a bit responsible um, as a parent. My swearing is appalling, (laughs) as I've been reminded all the time. Mm. Um, By your kids or by someone else? By my kids. (laughs) Mum, swear jar. Yes, completely. Um, I feel um, there's some things I feel like I can really nail performance-wise and other things I really don't think I can um, out of my comfort zone things. Um, Yeah, there's there's definitely that. But I'm pretty sure that's what most performers thrive on. Like, oh, my God, I'm not good enough. Oh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, please like me, blah, blah, blah. Yes, validate me. Yes, validate me. Are you sure that was okay? Really? I can do it better. How do you want it? You know, all that. (laughs) In in, in the business sense, if you had Mm -hmm. to give yourself a performance evaluation Mm -hmm. uh, in your role as Jane Kennedy doing life, what are you doing well? Mm. I'm feeding people well and I'm, I'm, I think I'm being a good mum. I think I'm a, I'm around a lot like all mm-hmm. the time. And mm-hmm. with little kids, um, I feel I feel like I'm earning my stripes there. Um, I feel I can multitask well, so I can also work. But I'm very honest when I say if a project comes up and I can't give 100%, then I'm very, very honest and say, no, I just can't do it. My head will explode. Um, so in, in an evaluation sense, look, when I'm working on something uh, for work, um, I, I 1 billion percent commit and I work very hard at it and I'm quite um, oh, 
perfectionisty over it. <laughs> I think. What do you mean by f- perfectionisty? Because um, I've realised now that you just can't be a perfectionist. Mm. Uh, well, you just can't operate as a human being. It means you have to become incredibly selfish and it's all about you. And I just think that extra couple of percent is going to drive you and other people mad. So you you shouldn't sweat this really anally retentive stuff. Move on, get it done. What are the things that Jane Kennedy could do better? Um, what can I do well? There's probably a very long list. Uh, <laughs> I think I can probably, um, is this in a life sense? It's however you want to interpret it, whether it's in a broader life sense, in a in, oh. in context of work or being a mum or however much you want to share on that. I think uh, get a bit more sleep mm. and set aside a bit more um time to chill out a bit life is very very busy so unless um I sort of put a block in of off time I can just keep going and going and that's no good for anyone because then it's cranky mum and cranky partner (laughs) How, how do you chill how do you relax um I see my girlfriends I travel I go out and eat and I drink wine and really it's just social is chilling for me. I'm not someone who likes to sit by myself, go to a health retreat. I've tried those and they're just not very successful for me, probably because I smuggle alcohol in my suitcase. So I don't think I go in with the right attitude. (laughs) Did you seriously take alcohol to a health retreat? Yes. Get caught? No. And some nuts. (laughs) I didn't get caught. But I realised, no, I'm just, um, I I probably should explore a bit more um, yoga and meditation world. Uh, My brain's just not in the headspace to do that. So that's something I could explore, I'm sure. Is there a a spirituality that you connect with uh, that provides you some comfort? Ah, that's a really interesting question. Um, I'm into the karma of kindness mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. Uh, again, talk about that aspect of life with the kids a lot. Um, and it can manifest itself in very simple ways, but, yeah, I think just having a moral compass you have a responsibility as a parent to pass that on and also in a sense of uh, someone who has a bit, a little bit of profile, I have a sense that I like to let people know how I'm thinking about the world politically and um, socially. Mm-hmm. Mm. A little bit of profile. Well, you know, in the, you know... In that area. <laughs> Do you ever get sucked into the advertising um, that suggests, you know, as a, as a busy mum, as a working mum, 
I need to do this for my kids or this is happening and I need to support or supplant my absence, you know, with something. No, the opposite. Mm, I, mm. I, I reel away from anything to do with um, guilt because I think it's inbuilt already. <laughs> Um, and we have I don't know you probably have those stupid magazines they're called um, my girlfriends and I call them mother's guilt magazine and they're basically a monthly kitty magazine that comes out and it's is your two-year-old learning Italian Uh, are you taking your children to Pilates it's like that so seven great paleo recipes for your six-month-old exactly um what is that called? Kumon? Yes. Um, I've been in the playground and heard, oh, we've got to hurry up along. We've got Kumon, which is, you know, accelerated learning Mm. lessons in maths. And I'm very, very much of the school. And this is just um, a byproduct of having so many kids. It's really one or two activities a child per, you know, Mm. per child can do. And, you know, we're sort of... uh, I see kids going after school to so many activities and things. And um, there was the show on the ABC. The guy came out to Australia to um, meet a few families who needed some time management Mm. uh, with their children. And I was just appalled at, at, you know, there was one little boy, I think he was about eight, and he was doing something like 30 hours of extracurricular activities a week. It was insane, this poor child and... I'm all for just run out and if you fall over, you fall over and, you know, it's it's pretty old-fashioned um, school of thought that I subscribe to. Did those sensibilities come from your childhood? Yes, I suppose. I had sort of a very um, uh, happy, I thought, normal kind of get on your bikes and ride around the neighbourhood until it's dinner time kind of childhoods. Mm-hmm. That's very different now. If my kids go out on a bike, they'll get run over. Um, so, and, in fact, this is the whole thing. Kids can't ride bikes anymore um, because there's just nowhere to ride them. And where we live in a city, our kids can ride, but that was really painful teaching them how to ride, I have to say. <laughs> I think I palmed that one off to Rob. Um, yeah, there's but, – but the aspect of um, – cubby houses and um, letting kids have a bit of responsibility, letting them catch public transport to school, going up the shops. I mean, it's a different sort of scary world in many ways, but I like to uh, encourage a bit of independence in the kids. What was the first big independent thing that you can remember doing? Well, I know that... um, my mum and dad used to have lots of dinner parties mm. and they'd have two a week and mum did a cordon bleu cooking course. And I don't think she was that inspired, but I was by the exercise book that she brought home from the lady up the road and she'd written all the recipes. And so I said, next time we have a dinner party, I'll cook for you. Mm. And mum and dad said, Sure. And so for about three years, my sister and I just cooked to all their dinner parties for free. (laughs) Wow. It felt very independent because at the time I didn't think it was unusual. But I will say there's no way I will have my kids cook a dinner party (laughs) for me and my friends. (laughs) Mind you, 
my parents and their friends drank heaps more than my friends do now, I have to say. And they would drink all night and then they would get in the car and drive home. Cause, you know, so you think you got away with a couple of not so great beef strogs? Yeah, I think I was a little, oh, I was a bit uptight. No, I was freaky Master Chef child. It was hideous. I was cooking, you know, um, seafood crepes, and I was doing um, a veal with peeled grapes and a, a mustard cream sauce, and bloody ridiculous, ridiculous. Holy crap! Yeah, I think I ate most of it. That was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what? Yeah. What was for dinner last night then? Oh, dinner in this house last night. Mm. Uh, that was teriyaki steak and a bit of cucumber and rice and the soy sauce. <laughs> Pretty simple. <laughs> Pretty simple. But otherwise, independent things. Oh, I travelled by myself um, when I was about 20 and I went to some really ridiculous places when I was very young, like Ethiopia. <laughs> Wow. by myself, which is really dumb, and I would never do that again. So, yeah, travelling, I think, I would, I'd be much more concerned now about my kids travelling or myself travelling now the way I used to do it. What was the, the motivation for Jane's going to Ethiopia? Well, that was to, to my maternal instincts kicked in very early, even though mm. I started very late actually doing it. Um, I was sponsoring a boy in um, southern Ethiopia and I decided on a whim one day and said to mum, I'm going to visit that boy. And she went, sure, interesting move. And I did. (laughs) And I visited him and his family and it was a really um, – I actually didn't speak about the trip for quite a while because it was really pretty full-on, pretty heavy, mm. and saw things that I probably don't want to see again and realised when I came back I, I felt a bit helpless because it was so hopeless. And um, the women were just treated so badly, I thought. And um, anyway, I came back and saw him out, and he's probably at university now, <laughs> Um, and and decided that I really only want to sponsor ch- girl children because the boys have it okay. They're like top dog. Mm. Um, in fact, so the cows uh, are higher worth yeah. than the girls is what I discovered. So hmm, that was a bit of an eye-opener. How are you going to change the world, Jane? Oh, no, I'm not going to change the world. Um, but I love this generation of girls. I think there's um, this current generation of girls in their 20s and 30s who uh, have access um, to technology and technology mm. has been wonderful for women, liberating. Um, uh, when I got a BlackBerry, it changed my life because it meant that I didn't have to be in an office and that I could mm. travel with my office, whether it be in the kitchen bench or at a basketball game or on the other side of the world. I think there's just some really fabulous, decent, smart chicks around who are going to help change the world. And men as well, of course. There's, you know, there's guys as well. But I'm looking at it from a female perspective. Is supporting them, though, not helping change, not changing the world? It is. um, 
But even when you look at the situation, even um, today in Victoria, for example, there was an arrest um, arrest made to to save some kids who who are um, being sexually abused um, online, and they've they've tracked down these rogue menaces in our kids' lives, and and there's just so many more. It's the tip of the iceberg. It's totally depressing. So even starting there, there, there's a factor and how you get these these vulnerable kids out of this situation, well, I suppose we've got to start somewhere, but it's such a huge problem. What reality TV show would you love to star in? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, oh. I don't think I'd like to star in a reality TV show. Which one could I bear being in? Well, speaking of bear, I could probably do Bear Grylls' show. Mm. The I, island one that he's doing. Yep. I I could probably, oh, no. So I was going to say I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, except I honestly don't think I could do the eating challenges. I just honestly couldn't. Um. But no, no other shows. That's why I love watching them, but I don't want to be on them. <laughs> not Housewives, not Kardashians. Uh, what do you call, well, what's an older bachelorette? An old mole. <laughs> the oldest mole. There you go. <laughs> Maybe I'll put that up to Channel 10. Maybe we just need to arrange a different life circumstance so that you're all of a <laughs> oh, sudden yeah, single, that. Jane. Exactly, yes. No, I don't think that's going to happen. Do you find that it's difficult? I mean, you sound very grounded and the life that you live with your family seems to be fairly straightforward, but do people who don't know you treat you differently because you're Jane Kennedy from the TV? Uh, no, not at all. In fact, it's so rare it's honestly, it's so rare that somebody stops me and recognises me. It's not funny. So people just at school, there would be, I reckon, three quarters of the schools, I've got kids at three schools now, mm. um, wouldn't have a clue what I do mm. at all. They <laughs> just see me as that woman who wears tracksuit pants um, and doesn't exercise, picking her kids up with a dog. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> so no, no one really. I might vaguely, um, if I'm in JB Hi-Fi, uh, there might be like a 19-year-old kid who might say, you didn't used to be on something called The Late Show, did you? And I would say, well, did your grandparents used to watch it? <laughs> and that's usually what it is. That's so cold. <laughs> there you go. No, it's very, it, you know, we're living in Melbourne, it's really, you can just rock a, walk around. But honestly, Rob doesn't get stopped. It's pretty, you know, it's, it's rare, I have to say. What don't you tolerate? Oh, wow. I have like a list of about five things that just bug me and it's generally connected to the same type of person. So a queue jumper. A person who doesn't let you in when you're going through a chicane, you know, in the road mm. and who don't thank you. Um, general 
officious, cranky behaviour by um, uniform-wearing people. Mm. Um, there's quite a few <laughs> things, <laughs> but it makes me sound out to be very old and cranky. Um, you know, aside from the big picture things which you can't tolerate is, you know, generally sexism and racism, etc. Um, I currently can't tolerate our current government <laughs> uh, because it's mystifying, um, homophobia. Yeah, there you go. There's quite a few. <laughs> have you been in a position where you have been targeted or vilified or separated, segregated for any decision or just being a woman? Um, I absolutely have not. For as long as I've been working with the group of guys that I've been working with, I've been treated absolutely equally. Um, they are a very lovely group of guys, though. Well, they are, so I've been very lucky Um and it's just how they are, I suppose. But in other working environments, I think, you know, many years ago before I started working with them, I, I had found myself in probably some not pleasant female situations just yeah. with sort of, you know, sleazy kind of blokey things. They're the worst. They're the worst. But at the time, you just move on and you just go, mm. oh, wow, what a dickhead. <laughs> you just don't even worry about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, no. Um, well, look, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm white. I'm middle class. I've, you know, I'm from a happy family background. Um, I've, I'm really fortunate. So I'm kind of one of those people that hasn't had to feel it. Mm. And I'm very, very conscious of that. How are you teaching your kids about the the need for social justice? Um, I think because it's something we talk about all the time as a matter of course in the house anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, current affairs is talked about a lot because both Rob and I are very interested in it and the kids will say, what's that mum or what's that dad, what's happened there? Or So, yeah, they, they're they around it all the time and as sort of was saying before that we, I don't want to hide the world from them uh, except when uh, I, I don't like the way commercial news is done and then mm. the shock horror Uh, vibe of it because I think that's scary for children it leaves them uh, afraid and that's just one thing I just don't want for the kids to ever feel unsafe yep yep so there's the usual you know we seriously do all the talks you know the um, if you're walking along the street and some person says jump in my car I've got a cute puppy yeah well perhaps not do that and we have to yeah (laughs) We have to say, you know, because there's a whole bunch of really fabulous people in the world, but there's some really kind of horrible people as well. Mm. Um, I I do enjoy uh, online seeing uh, different shows or YouTube people who set up situations where kids get caught out, where their parents have said, don't do this, and they go and do it. And it's, you know, if you've seen those, 
um, my my older guys are really into that, and they go, "Mom, have you seen this?" And they like to show me uh, situations. Like there was a there's a guy who um, got an, a young actress mm-hmm. who was about eleven, and an actor who was forty five, and he set them up in a cafe. This is in the states, and he had them have a conversation that was able to be heard. Mm. It was quite mm. a loud conversation, and it was the young girl meeting up with this guy, and she said. Kevin, I thought you were like 13. And he said, no, no. And he said, but I'm the same person. I still have had the same conversation with you. And she goes, oh, I guess it's okay. And they start chatting and you can see people in the cafe looking panicked. They're not doing anything. Well, they do. The guy says, yeah, the guy leaves and he says, "Um, hey, why don't you come back to my place and then you can check out this new website, this new stuff I've got. And the girl goes, okay, and he says, I'll just go to the bathroom. He goes to the bathroom. In that moment, every single person that was within earshot goes over to this girl and says, do not go with that man. You don't know him. What are you doing? Yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) That sounds like an excellent outcome to what otherwise would be a sting on a current affair. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's... You know, as shocking as it is, um, uh, that that stuff I'm happy to show the kids and say, you know, and and again they they do do those things where parents say don't open the front door, and the parents go and sit in a van out the front, and the someone comes to the door, rings the doorbell, and says, "Is your mummy home?" And they say no, and they say, "Oh, can I come in? I'm a friend of hers." And all these kids let these people in. So yeah, yeah. that's the stuff I want to show them. Yeah. Goodness me. Yeah, shocking. Have your kids seen any of your and your husband's earlier work? And what do they think of it? Um, little bits, not really. Mm. Um, no, they're not. They don't like seeing um, me or Rob being rude. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> And when I think, I think, you know, I haven't seen half of that, but I know I think there's a few late show sketches where I like, I play a slutty, drunken office worker or I'm, you know, doing a song send up and I'm pashing someone. I think, yeah, oh no, one of the kids did see me as Madonna and I had to kiss all the boys in it. She thought that was just horrendous. They were most, yeah, they were very unimpressed. Um, Actually, Rob was in Kath and Kim Dorella the movie with Jane Turner and Gina, and uh, he he was the love interest to Kath Day Night um, (laughs) because Cal and her were on a bit of a break. And I think he touched her bottom and they sort of looked like they're about to snog and, no, that went down so badly. The kids were horrified. (laughs) Even though they knew it was Jane, it was like, oh, no, Dad, what are you doing? And even when I were to do house husbands, the first question mm. they said was, you don't have to kiss anyone, do you? <laughs> I said, gosh, I hope I do. <laughs> <laughs> I said, mum, don't even joke about it. <laughs> so no, but then again, I didn't have to kiss anyone on the show. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness me. <laughs> oh, Jane Kennedy, what is a source of strength? Oh, I think, um, mm, 
source of strength. Look, without getting too um, daggy here, I have to say that being, I'm very lucky, I'm in a great relationship. Mm. And I think I feel that I can rely on someone all the time. And um, I think there's just a sense of fairness and, and good fun in this house and everything else after that is a bonus. Nice. <laughs> I sound a bit woman's weekly there, but, you know, if I'm put on the spot, I've never really been asked a question like that before. If that's your experience, though, if that's your truth, then that's, that's yeah. awesome, right? Yeah, no, it is. I just think my strength comes from good friends and I'm very lucky I've got both my parents still with us and my sister, so it's, it's that. Uh, I think people still are baffled by the world of being on the TV and um, radio and things like that. It, it does feel so much more glamorous and I used to fall for it as well, but... At the end of the day, everybody goes home, people cook dinners, people have sick kids. Mm. You know, it's people um, get low on sleep, people have busy lives, so it's very similar. What are you going to achieve in the next 12 months? Okay. I have to be really, really diligent when I say this. I've started, mm. I'm, I'm on a health kick because I mm. realise that um, – I have mm-hmm. to just be a bit more sensible <laughs> about um, things. <laughs> so yes, uh, in in twelve months, I'd like I'd like to be you know fitter and uh, just take care of myself a bit more, sleep more, and and just try and do a bit less. What's for dinner tonight? Well, Tuesday night's market day, and that's fish day so rob will be coming home via the market and he'll bring home probably some salmon i have a nice um rocket salad and maybe a greek salad as well on the side there you go (laughs) you won't even notice putting an extra plate out for me i won't do you like crispy skin salmon (laughs) very much so okay it's all yours my daughter along she'll be pleased as well will she (laughs) fantastic Jane, thank you so much for your you're time. You're most thank welcome, you Moxie. Your candor, um, you're, you're, you are appreciated. And the That's things, all right. You know, what you do and say is, is valuable to me and to many others. Uh, you are at on Twitter at Jane underscore L underscore Kennedy. Yes, I am. Are there any other social accounts you want to own up to? No, that's really it. Um, I'm sort of, and I enjoy the Twitterverse and I do have fun. I think you've seen me having fun during mm-hmm. The Bachelor. Mm. Um, that's a bit of a highlight for me at the moment. So, um, no, that'll be it. Twitter. Good. Twitter is me. <laughs> I just and, and just to blow some smoke in your direction as, as additionally, it's not just you know on Twitter uh, about The Bachelor that you're doing some excellent work. And Monday nights uh, on Have You Been Paying Attention, spectacular work. That is such a great format that is doing great business for you guys oh thank you yeah no it's um it's a great fun show to do i have to say it's the most relaxed i've ever felt during television and and it looks it and the way that everyone plays was so nicely together uh and over you know the course of what is this the third season now isn't it 
who knows because of its um, initial time changes and its its different forms. But yeah, look, it's it's been going for a while, and thanks to Channel Ten for sticking with it. We really appreciate that, and uh, we've got a nice, we've got a pretty good audience actually at the moment. We just um. We just don't need grand finals up against us and things like that of dancing shows and mm. things like that. But when we've got, you know, we, we loved having MasterChef as our lead in. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, no, it's doing well. It's going great. Um, and while I'm here, I'll plug another show, Utopia, that's on Wednesday yes. night. So um, that's uh, eight episodes and I think we've now showed three. So there you mm. go. And before this becomes a TV podcast, yes, Utopia is spectacular. I've managed to see all eight now. Wow. It, it's Oh, have you? I've wow. had so many people, so many people, Jane, uh, tell me that they work in government or work in corporate world <laughs> where they just say, this is not comedy, no. this is a documentary. Yeah, people are a bit, um, actually, they feel a bit disturbed by it in many ways. But I'm glad to say that many people who actually just work in offices or school rooms you know teachers or anybody who anybody has to put up with process I think Mm, that's mm, um hopefully they can find it amusing or just the performances themselves which are pretty silly and funny it's delightful well look enough we'll talk tv later okay done this has been the humans of twitter and I can confirm that jane underscore l underscore kennedy is indeed human (laughs) 